in what I expect to be a podcast about the NFC and AFC playoff picture, we have some breaking news on this Wednesday night, December 2nd. Russell Westbrook's been traded for John Wall in a first-round pick. Don't get me wrong, we'll get into the NFL playoff picture later. But first, we have to go over this breaking news. A trade that's been rumored for weeks. It's only right that this is what we highlight to start Cut to the Chase. Of course, I'm your host, Chase Williams. But let's dive right into this and what this means for John Wall, for Russell Westbrook, for the Washington Wizards and for the Houston Rockets, along with really any other team. And so, of course, as I said, Russell Westbrook gets traded for John Wall in a first-round pick. My first reaction is the Rockets have won this trade. Granted, it's hard to say there's a winner until you see how the teams play. But they got John Wall, who easily could be an all-star, and a first-round pick. For Russell Westbrook. Granted, John Wall has a massive contract, but so does Russell Westbrook. And it's it's now clear Houston's not gonna give up on what they have right now, which I completely respect. But with that being said, I don't know if it's gonna work out for Houston. And that's why I think the first round pick is what makes this the winner. I'll start off with going on what I think will happen with Houston. I'll move over to Washington, and then I'll highlight the players finally and maybe anything else that may need covered. But Houston, Houston pretty much put themselves in a position where they should be able to succeed, assuming that John Wall is just like his old self or very close to it. They should succeed about as much as they did last year. He's a multiple-time All-Star, of course, was a number one overall pick. The guy is a beast. His one knack has been that he gets injured quite often, and that that's tough. I mean, he's a point guard, point guard for a point guard, so it's not like they have a huge hole or anything. But the guy, he's he's a solid he's a solid player. Plays good defense. Plays obviously good offense, pretty good passer, you know. Does just about everything Russell Westbrook does. Not quite as good. Five-time All-Star, you know. He's been All-League three times. But he's he's really a good player, a very good player. A few years ago, before he got injured, he had a not quite an MVP caliber season, but a very strong season in the, in the 16-17 season. You know, he just, he does what he does, and he doesn't force things, kind of like I feel like Russell Westbrook does do. So I feel like this is a huge dub for the Rockets because of that. And if worse comes to worse, they're still getting another decent pick. I mean, a first-round pick, no matter what, even if it does end up being what I would say the worst it's going to be is 24-ish, that's, that's not bad. That is not bad. You can find a solid player back there, you know. There are undrafted players who become all-stars. There are second-round picks who become all-time greats. There are late first-rounders who will be great. But it, it's just showing that Houston has no plans to rebuild, and I respect that. I'm surprised that this happened, but I respect it. Now, let's swing over to Washington's side. Pretty much what Washington did was stay put with what they would have had this season, in my opinion, for slightly less money. Again, John Wall, massive contract, really was hurting the team because it was such a massive contract. Yet, 
he was not playing. Russell Westbrook hasn't had the same health issues. Also has a massive contract, but it's a little bit less massive than John Wall's. So I expect Washington to do about the same amount of damage as they would have with John Wall. And my guess is that will be fight for a playoff spot. I think this year will be rough. You know, it's not necessarily that short of an offseason for the Wizards, but I think just there's going to be chemistry issues, unique schedule. I don't expect them to fight for the top of the Eastern Conference. So I think Washington really said, we can do this, change of culture, maybe for the best. But we're still on the same boat we are before. And Houston got slightly more potential with their future. And it's a win for both sides, in my opinion. But a slightly bigger win for the Rockets. Of course, Russell Westbrook. I will be interested to see how this affects his future. Because I don't see Washington as a long-term home. I assume he might scoot on out of there. When his contract is over, unless he really falls in love with the team also, it'll be interested to see how this affects the future with Bradley Beal, who should be a free agent this upcoming summer, or whenever this season ends up finishing. So there's definitely more implications on that. I wonder if that had anything to do with the reason this trade was made. It's been rumored for weeks, and it's finally happened. But I I definitely feel like the Rockets are the winner here. My instant reaction was, wow. Just wow. I mean, we have been talking about it for absolute weeks. And it's finally happened. It has finally happened. I think John Wall needs this change of scenery. I think the Wizards needed to move on. I think it works out for both sides. But again, I think Houston is more likely going to be the winner of this trade. And the, I think it has more implications on free agency next year. Again, as I mentioned, Bradley Beal. That should be a very interesting free agency. I know there's a lot of teams that will go after Beal. And Beal will likely be tempted by maybe not as good of contracts. Not that there'll be bad contracts. Just not super max or quite to the potential that Washington can give him. So Washington's going... F- I think this is Washington's move to try to convince Beale to stay, hoping this all works out. There's a lot riding on both sides. I think this is Houston's way of trying to keep James Harden happy. I think this is Washington's way to keep Bradley Beal happy. If it doesn't work out, next season could be insane. We could see Bradley Beal leaving free agency. We could see James Harden ask to be traded. But the other thing I want to react to is how do these players work together? First of all, on Houston's side, John Wall, he does what he does, and he does it pretty well normally. Of course, could change coming off injury. Feels like he hasn't played in years. Like, literally, I feel like I've barely seen this man play since I've had a driver's license. And I'm 19 years old. It feels like it's been forever. But if, assuming John Wall comes back, as pretty much his same self as he was before he got traded, before he got injured, excuse me. I think this works out well with Houston because John Wall is a great passer. John Wall is a good scorer. John Wall plays good defense. John Wall is a little bit inconsistent at times, but I think he is a more perfected version of what 
Houston was hoping Russell Westbrook could be. I'm not going to argue and say John Wall is better than Russell Westbrook or Russell Westbrook's better than John Wall. I think it's really unfair to make that argument, especially right now with how long it's been since Wall's played. But I think he fits the system better next to John Wall, next to James Harden, excuse me, than Russell Westbrook did. Now, Washington is going for the big play here, the high risk, high reward. And that is the fact that I would say Russell Westbrook in his prime definitely was better than John Wall. But he's also more inconsistent than John Wall and tries to force more things. Bad shots, you know, doesn't always try on defense, things like this. That is going to be a big key for this season. If Russell Westbrook can play his role, understand when he's not He's not making the shots. Give it to Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is a certified bucket in the NBA. Him, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. I want to put James Harden in there, but James Harden sometimes forces a little bit too much in my opinion. But those guys, those guys are certified buckets. I'm not putting LeBron in there because, I mean, as much as LeBron is the best player in the league, he does so much more for the team. But these guys, their job... Go out there, make pockets. That's what they do. They do it great. And so I think the fact that if he can acknowledge he's playing next to one of those guys and use that to his advantage because he is a fast guy, he can open Bradley Beal up for shots. It's going to be hard. They can't double and triple team him because Russell Westbrook should also be on the floor. I just, I, I think it's a high risk, high reward. It could work out really well. We could see a similar season to what the Wizards had. 2016-17, where they took Isaiah Thomas in the Celtics to Game 7, almost made the Eastern Conference Finals, and what was one of the best playoff series I've seen in my lifetime. John Wall attacking, Isaiah Thomas attacking, Bradley Beal attacking, just a great playoff series. But there's also the risk that they may not even make the playoffs. And on top of that, I don't know what year this pick will be, but they're losing out on a first-round pick that they sent to Houston. That's what makes Houston the overall winner, in my opinion. It just is an absolute dub to get a first-round pick out of this. Two players are very even, in my opinion, pretty close together. If you were to rank the point guards across the NBA, they would be very, very close, similar play styles. But Houston got exactly what they wanted for Russell Westbrook. Talent and a first-round pick. I would not have done this trade if I was... Washington, so they must see something that I don't see. I hope they're right because I don't expect it to work out as well as Washington hopes. Not sure it really is going to work out for either team, but at least Houston can fall back on we got a first round pick out of it. So that's my instant reaction to this trade. It'll be interesting to look back at it even just a few months down the road when we see how both of these players are playing. Because from my understanding, John Wall will be playing this season, you know? I'm not going to bet on it because it's been a long time. But John Wall should be playing this season. So I'll be excited to see these two go up against each other. I'll be excited to see these two just play on their new teams. I think both players could use a change of scenery, and that's what we're going to see. But that, that's just that's my feelings. I got nothing else on it. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back out of the break, we're going to talk NFL playoff picture. Welcome back in to Cut to the Chase. 
As always, I'm your host, Chase Williams, and I promised you an NFL playoff picture. We're going to get you an NFL playoff picture right now, starting off with the AFC after one of the strangest weeks of football that finally ended with Wednesday afternoon football between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, we have the number one seed, the Steelers, still undefeated, 11-0. It's looking like them and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be your top two seeds in the AFC. I truly do believe these are the two best teams. As many people know, I have gone after the Steelers a little bit. I do believe the Chiefs are probably the better team out of the two. And I actually want to talk about the Steelers, though, for a second. And the fact, can they go 16-0? I think... The answer is, of course, yes, they can, but I'm not sure they will. So, looking at the Steelers' schedule, they do have some tough games left. This week, on Monday, it looks like, 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Eastern, they're going to play the Washington football team, which they should be able to win, you know. They are a better team, but the Washington football team is playing very, very well right now, but that should be a win. But then, this is the game that I question about. They travel Sunday night, December 13th, to Buffalo to play the Bills. Josh Allen might have one hell of a game. He might have one terrible game. We're not sure. It is Josh Allen. But the Bills are a very strong team. Josh Allen's played well at times through the season. I would not be surprised if this is a loss for the Steelers. I'm not going to bet on it. I'm not going to tell you it is or it isn't. But that's a game I would watch out for. Then they have the Bengals. And then they have back-to-back weeks at home against the Colts. And then they finally travel for Week 17 to the Browns, which are two very good teams. Of course, the Colts, one of the best defenses in the nation. And the Browns are in their own division, 8-3. and Definitely want to win. And if everything goes wrong, we could have a tie, 13-3, 13-3 with the Browns. And the Steelers, granted, I don't expect that. But my my point is just that we may not see the Steelers team go undefeated. I've been saying it all year. I truly believe it. It may not happen. But this is still one of the two best teams in the, in the AFC, in my opinion. But they have to stay on top of their game right now because they do have the AFC West leading Chiefs just one game behind them at 10-1. and one. But then if you look deeper into the playoff picture... You have, you have the Titans and you have the Browns being their leaders. But I want to talk about both of those playoff races or division winner races because I feel like Tennessee could not win their division. I mean, they could win their division, but they may not as well. Indianapolis is a good team, a very, very, very good team. They have, as I say, one of the best defenses in the nation. They've recently built, beat, excuse me, the Green Bay Packers. It's just a very good team. If you look at who the Colts have left, they have the Raiders. They have the Texans, my bad, which could be good. But the fact that the Texans lost Will Fuller Fuller the fourth, I believe, for the next six weeks, which is really the rest of the season, that's tough. That is really tough. So I I believe the Colts could win that. Then they have to play the Raiders. That's a toss-up game for me. I know the Raiders are sitting at 6-5, I believe, outside the playoff picture. But I still really respect this Raiders team this year. They're playing well. And they get to host Houston, which, again, I think will be a W for them. Then they have to go to Pittsburgh, which is a toss-up game. I would lean towards saying the Steelers will win that, but 
who knows, and they host Jacksonville to end the season. So I think there's a good chance you're looking at two more losses minimum for the Colts. And I could be wrong. It could only be one. There's no doubt about it. They will lose again. But I think because of that, I'm going to have Tennessee winning this division at least. The AFC South is going to Tennessee. If you look at the games they have left, they have a good one against the Browns this week. But then they have Jacksonville and Detroit before they have to go up to Green Bay, which will be another tough game. Of course, that one on primetime on the 27th and then ending their season with Houston. So uh, Tennessee's not guaranteed this division, but I believe we will see all the all the uh, division leaders be the division leaders at the end of the year. Of course, the Bills only one game up on the Dolphins, but I don't see the Dolphins winning out. I don't. I I just expect Buffalo to maintain their position where they are. But what what's interesting is what I could see happening with these wild card spots. Of course, with the new year, only one team, only the first seed gets the playoff by. That's likely going to the Steelers, maybe the Chiefs. But with that, that means there's three wild card teams instead of two right now going to the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Colts. One thing I want to look at is the Dolphins' schedule. For the rest of the year, the Dolphins, starting this year, have the Cincinnati Bengals. But then they have the Chiefs, which I think will be a tough opponent. The Patriots, which who knows what to expect. The Raiders and the Bills. There's a chance they only win one or two more games out of those. And because of that, I'm here to say I do not expect the Miami Dolphins to be in the playoffs. I think either the Las Vegas Raiders, almost said the Oakland Raiders, but the Las Vegas Raiders, the Baltimore Ravens, or the New England Patriots will make it into the playoff. I do not believe the Patriots will be that team, but with the fact that now the Ravens don't play until, I believe, Tuesday afternoon, Lamar Jackson will have a chance to return and play this next game. I think the Ravens could make it. I think the Raiders could make it. I just have more faith in those teams to win tough ones down the stretch than I do in the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are just that one year away. I also think I think there's a chance both the Raiders and the Ravens could make it in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns fall apart. I wouldn't even I really wouldn't be surprised if either the Browns, the Dolphins, or the Colts fell apart. But I don't think all three of them will end up outside of the playoff picture. But if you told me hey, only one of these teams is going to make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. I could see the Raiders sliding in, I could see the Ravens sliding in. And so that's kind of what I want to focus on here is comparing these two teams' schedules and say, see who I believe could slide into the playoffs. Of course, the Raiders kind of shooting themselves in the foot with the fact that they got blown out by the Atlanta Falcons and what should have been an easy win for them, but it wasn't. They this week play the Jets and need that easy win because they play the Colts the week after, which is going to be a tough game. Again, the Colts have the best defense in the league statistically, and then they are supposed to host the Los Angeles Chargers, which if you look at the record, they should win that, but you never know. The, the Chargers are a team that's been competing this year, just not able to pull it out, and in their first matchup in early November, the Raiders did win that 31-26, but again, close game. And they, the day after Christmas, 7-15 primetime game, I know I'll be watching. Dolphins, Raiders, that's a huge game. That could really decide which of those two teams goes to the playoffs, in my opinion, before the Raiders head over to Denver to wrap up their season. So there's a tough, it's a tough schedule, but I mean, really at this point, everyone's kind of got a tough schedule down, going down into the rest of the season. 
So now if you lean over to what Baltimore has to do again, Tuesday night, they will host Dallas before going to Cleveland. Then they get Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Bengals. And because of that, if I had to bet between these two teams, I would say it's more likely Baltimore makes it in again. They're both sitting at 6-5. and five. I believe the Ravens will probably end up with a 10 and 6 record where I do think the Raiders might end up at 9 and 7 and that will be I think the deciding factor of course better records going to get you into the playoffs I could see the Dolphins ending up at 8 and 8 I know that's that's tough but I think that's the truth and so because of that I have to say I think I think the Ravens are going to be in the playoffs but it's an interesting playoff picture because I believe no doubt about it, we're going to see some very good games in the AFC playoffs. We've we've seen the Raiders, if they sneak in at, let's say, 7 and have to go up against the Chiefs, they've already beat the Chiefs once this season, and it happened in Kansas City, so they know they can, they know it can happen. Um, the Ravens, of course, one of the best teams in the NFL last year, a little bit of a disappointing playoff, but, you know, if they get in, anything can happen. Of course... Who knows what even happens if somehow Kansas City gets that first seed and then we see Pittsburgh playing in the first week of the playoff. That would be interesting. We could see a team that people were predicting go 16-0, fall out of the playoffs after one, one, one playoff game, lose their first playoff game. That would be a shocker to everyone with this team that has not lost yet. Because they did not look great yesterday against Baltimore. I, I mean, I'm, I have, I just had this gut feeling that Baltimore would beat them this season. It hasn't happened yet, so maybe the playoffs is the time for it to happen. But the AFC playoff picture it really comes down to, I think we'll see the Browns, the Colts, and either the Raiders or the Ravens. It's just a question of can the Ravens take care of their easier schedule, or will the Ravens come up, Raiders, excuse me, <laughs> combining those two teams come up big and be the team to come in the AFC, be that third AFC wildcard spot, which I would love to see another Raiders-Chiefs matchup because they have been very, very good this season. But overall, the AFC playoff picture is one that's not quite as interesting. I mean, there's three teams still fighting, even though I do believe that the Patriots are going to have a tough, tough, tough time getting into this playoff, but I, I wouldn't bet against Bill Belichick ever in the New England Patriots, but we'll see what happens, of course. You know, you have the Broncos and the Texans at both at 4-7. and seven. They're pretty far out of the playoff picture at this point, especially with Will Fuller being suspended for the Texans. I think that puts the nail in the coffin for the Texans' season, and I haven't been impressed with the Broncos. They haven't played as well as I per- hoped they would. So those teams are pretty much out of contention, in my opinion, though it's not yet happened. Of course, the Chargers also technically not eliminated as well as the two eight and one Bengals but these teams or I believe the Bengals maybe did get eliminated this past week but the Chargers of course they're not going to make the playoffs either but they could do some damage and really mess up this playoff picture in the AFC but the NFC is where it gets interesting because there are two divisions two specific divisions I really want to look at and that is the NFC East the crapshoot of the NFL and the NFC West, which has a lot of my favorite players in it. And so we're going to swing over to the NFC standings very quickly and look at the NFC East first, which is technically led by the New York Giants, who are 4-7-0. Then you have the Washington football team, which is 4-7-0. Then you have the Eagles, who are 3-7-1. 
and the Cowboys, who are 3-8-0. So, obviously, everyone is very, very close in this uh, division, excuse me. I will admit this. I have no faith in the Giants. I know. They've won three in a row. They're playing probably the best football of anyone right now. But the Washington football team is still the team <clears throat> I predict to win this seat, this division. If you look at who they have left, it's not going to be easy for them. They have the Steelers this Monday, probably a loss. Then they have the Niners, probably another loss. Then they have the Seahawks, probably a loss. But then they have the Panthers, which I they need to win, and they go to Philadelphia, which would be a huge win over a division opponent, which could decide who makes this playoffs. That's the thing. is We could see a Week 17 matchup in the NFC East. One of these te- games that I call it a probably loss, they have to win, though. They can win in Pittsburgh, in Arizona against the 49ers, as weird as that is, but it's the truth, or at home against Seattle. I think they have the NFC East on lock. But now, I want to look over, of course, the Giants. I think the Giants are really the true other competitor. They also have to play Seattle. They have to host Arizona. They have to host Cleveland. They have to, ho- they have to go to Baltimore. Those are their next four weeks. I don't see them winning any of those games either. So that gives them only one more win over the Cowboys in Week 17. That's that's not that's not winning the division. If if somehow the um, the Washington football team loses the next three weeks, but wins their final two, it could be enough. I would be surprised if it's enough, but it could be enough to win this division because I have more faith watching the Washington football team than I have watching the Giants. Granted, the Giants have kept some games close and have played pretty well as of late with a win over the Washington football team, a 10-point win over the Giants, and then, of course, beat the Bengals in a really ugly game this past weekend. But there's a chance that they only need two more wins to make the playoffs, and I believe that because of that, the Washington football team could do that. I don't see the Eagles making the playoffs due to the fact that their offensive line is garbage, really, really garbage. And I'm going to defend Carson Wentz a little bit here and then tear him back down after. I think that's been part of Carson Wentz's struggles this year is the fact that he's had to deal with this terrible offensive line, make quick decisions, faster decisions than he wanted to. And it's been a struggle for him, as you could see. And then besides that, I don't think he has the confidence that he had in past seasons. When he tore his ACL, injuries are hard to come back from injuries are hard to come back from mentally, especially when you watch your backup take your MVP season, take your team to the final to the to the finals. We are not talking about the NBA. We're talking about the Super Bowl and the NFL and win it. I think there's just a lot of mental blockage in Wentz's head. I think he needs a fresh start. Not saying that I think Jalen Hurts is the answer. If I am the Eagles, I am not giving up on Wentz this season. Wentz gives you the best chance to win this division. You need to be playing Carson Wentz. I just don't see it happening, especially with the fact that they have to go to Green Bay this week, then they have to host New Orleans, then they're going to Arizona to play the Cardinals. But they do have two winnable games with the Cowboys and the Washington football team. And again, as I said, that Washington football team versus Philadelphia on January 3rd, that 
one month away from today, that could be the game that decides the division. Because I definitely, the Cowboys, anytime they look competent for half a second, they then struggle. And they they play the Ravens this week. I think that's a loss. Then they go to Cincinnati. That's a toss-up game. It really shouldn't be, but it's a toss-up game. It might not be now that Joe Burrow's not there with the injury that Joe Burrow took. But I'm saying that's a toss-up game because you never know what to expect. They almost beat the Steelers a few weeks ago. They'll probably get blown out by the Bengals somehow. And then they host the 49ers before hosting Philadelphia and going to New York. They're going to need a strong finish to the season. And I just don't have the faith in them. I, if they had this schedule, if they had Dak Prescott, I think they'd win this division. I'm just going to say it. But they don't. If they could play like a competent football team when they almost beat Pittsburgh, when they did beat the Vikings, but then they played just awful on Thanksgiving Day, or they played awful against Philadelphia a few weeks ago. Granted, they were quarterback troubles there. I just think there's too much going on in the fact that I'm going to say I don't see the Cowboys winning this division. And I'm even going to go on a limb. If the Washington football team wins this division, I'm not going to say they win their first wild card round, but they're definitely going to put up a fight. And so speaking of the wild card round, I think it's really interesting before we go into the NFC West, I want to talk about the wild card a little bit because there's lots of good teams that are fighting for this playoff spot. Of course, fifth, we have the Rams, seven and four. Then we have the Bucks, seven and five. And then lastly, we have the Cardinals, six and five. I also think the Vikings, even though they're five and six and really struggled earlier this year, very good team could make some, could, could make a big run in the playoffs. I don't know that it will happen, but I could see it. And then of course we have the Bears who are five and six, only one game out of the wildcard spot, but I hate to say it, Chicago fans, I think your season's probably over. You guys are just playing some of the worst football I have seen recently. There's there's a lot that needs to change into Chicago, and I hope I hope they tank the rest of the season. I really want the Bears to finish five and eleven. I think it's the best thing for the Bears. I'm not saying that because I like want to be a Bears hater. It's just what I think will happen. And then we have the Niners who are five and six. I think they could do some damage, of course, making the Super Bowl just this past year. And then that's really all I see is opportunities in the NFC. Of course, the Lions, technically Washington, Falcons, they're still in the playoff race, but I just don't don't really see it. Um, Washington's got a chance because of the NFC East, and I believe they will. But I'll be interested. I, I would love, I don't think this is even physically possible, but I would love to see the wild card be the Rams, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. I don't think it'll happen because obviously they have to play each other with them all being in the same division. But the NFC West is the best division in football. I'm not sure the Seahawks, who are 8-3, and three, are going to win that division. They could. I'm not sure. But it's an interesting, interesting division. I think they're probably the best teams I know that would be leaving Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the playoff picture. But I think, I think that even the 49ers, who are 5-6 and six and who have looked really, really rough at times could be the be a better team. But I want to talk about the Seahawks first. They're the division leaders. They should be able to win this division as they play the Giants this week, then they host the Jets, then they go to Washington. Those should be three dubs. That should put them at 11-3. and three. Then they host the Rams. That's a toss-up game. Let's say they lose that. That puts them at 11-4 and four before they go to San Francisco. 
another another toss-up game. 13. That would not put them at 13 and 3. I am I am not doing math well. That'd put them at at 11 and 5, excuse me. But I think if they finish 11 and 5, depending on what the Rams schedule looks like, which I'm pulling up as we speak, that could be that could be the easily the best in the NFC West. Not easily the best, but the Rams still have to go to Arizona and play the Cardinals this week. Then they have to host the Patriots. They then host the Jets before going to Seattle and then hosting Arizona. There's only one game that I would say is an easy win, and that is the winless Jets game. So I think the fact that the Rams have a tougher schedule is going to be the reason Seattle boosts themselves into the division winner. And I think that's going to leave... I think there's a chance that the Rams could be on the outside looking in. That is because I'm going to pull up the Vikings schedule before I officially think that. But the Vikings have Jacksonville this week. Then they have Tampa Bay, which who knows what will happen. Then they have Give Me, hopefully, against Chicago before going to New Orleans. And then going to Detroit to finish off their season. So, depending on what Phoenix does and depending on... Um, not Phoenix, excuse me. Depending on what Minnesota does and depending on what the... Rams do. I think that could be a very interesting setup right there, especially because I hope the Cardinals make the playoffs. The Cardinals have the Rams this year, this week, I mean. Then they have the Giants hosting the Eagles, 49ers, Rams. There's a lot that could happen there, but I do believe that the Vikings could squeak into the playoff picture. The 49ers will have to impress some people again in the playoffs. If the Bears make the playoffs, I'll do something. I'll... I don't know. I would be shocked. But I think the Vikings could really squeeze in over the fact that the NFC West still has to play the NFC West quite a bit through the rest of the season. I feel more comfortable saying now that I think the Buccaneers are going to slide into the playoffs, which kind of disappoints me, kind of excites me. You know, they have four games left. They have a bye week this week. Then they host the Vikings, go to Atlanta, go to Detroit, and then host Atlanta. So they very easily could not lose again and finish up at 11-5. and five. I would be a little bit surprised by that. I would see them maybe slipping up once against Atlanta, just like the Raiders did, or slipping up to the Vikings. But I'm not going to take it away. You never know what's going to happen in the NFC. But really, I think, I think the playoff pictures are pretty set. I think there's going to be one team in each division, that in each conference, excuse me, that falls out. And I think that's going to be partially because of inexperience or tough schedules, AFC, inexperience with the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will fall out. I would expect the Ravens to somehow slide in, but it could be the Raiders. Who knows? But I think the playoffs in general are going to be very, very good this year. We have, I would say, eight, nine teams in the NFC that I think could play really well. I mean, if you gave me a 49ers Saints game, I would expect the Saints to win. And I know that's not going to happen. The Saints are probably going to be the one seed in the NFC. And I don't think the I don't know if the Niners will even be able to make the playoffs. But if that were to happen, I, I would watch that game. I'd expect a decent game. I would expect the Saints to win. And of course that's true of the other side. If we had like eight eight-seeded playoffs, so the one-seed plays the eight-seed in the wildcard weekend, and it started tomorrow, we had a Raiders-Steelers game. I mean, the Raiders went to Kansas City and won. They can go into Pittsburgh and win, especially with the way the Steelers played yesterday. But I think the playoff picture is getting pretty set. I just expect, because this seems to be a thing that happens 
in sports in general, someone's going to have a late season collapse. It happens pretty often, especially in baseball, not as much in football. It's tougher in football with the fact that you only play once a week, but anything can happen in these sports games. So I'd be, I'd be very interested to see if Miami can hold on. But I do expect that either the Raiders or the Ravens will slide into the wild card. Yeah, the Dolphins will slide out. There's a chance the Colts could too. I, I do I am betting on the Browns who are inexperienced, who have Baker Mayfield as a quarterback to somehow make the playoffs. But I think I think it's the Dolphins who are likely to slide out and we're gonna see the Raiders or the Ravens slide in. And then on the NFC side, I think I, I think we'll see two NFC West teams. I don't know. The more I think about it, the less I'm convinced about that. The Rams are a good team. And I know some people that listen to my podcast are not going to be thrilled that I'm saying this, but I could see the Rams very easily sliding out of the playoffs. They have a tough schedule left. The Buccaneers kind of have a cakewalk to 11-5 and if they play as well as they can. Granted, sometimes the Buccaneers play as well as they can and should be a top team in the NFC West, uh, in, NFC West, in the NFC South, and the NFC in general. But other times, they play like they should end up 5-11, and 11, I feel like. I mean, they played awful when they hosted New Orleans a few night, weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. Because of that, I do think, I think the Rams somehow should make the playoffs. I think the Cardinals could. If anything, the NFC is more likely to be set. Right now with its seven teams than the AFC is. But we'll see what happens over these next few weeks. I'll be interested. The teams I'm really watching for is what can Minnesota do? Can the Buccaneers take care of their schedule? We know that there will be at least one other NFC West team in the playoffs. If not two, is it the Cardinals? I hope it's the Cardinals. I expect it to be the Cardinals. But will it be the Cardinals? And then the AFC side... Can the Dolphins not collapse? Because I feel like the Dolphins will. I just feel like the experience. You don't see any of those guys in the playoffs before. It's been a long time since we've seen Miami in the playoffs. And then can the Raiders or the Ravens take advantage and slide into the playoffs? Especially that Ravens team who is got a cakewalk of a schedule left, in my opinion. They should dominate the rest of their schedule and slide into the playoffs. But can they successfully do that? They can't slip up too much, you know? One bad game, they can maybe, maybe have happened, depending on what happens with the rest of the AFC. But two bad games, I think they're done for. But as always, to finish off the the podcast, I want to do a team or a player of the week. It really is not of the week of the episode, I guess. <laughs> Start trying to say that as I pump out multiple episodes per week in the and today, I'm, I'm giving it to Jalen Suggs of the Gonzaga, the Gonzaga basketball team. And that's not because, well, he did impress me very much against Auburn versus Kansas last week in the tip-off tournament. But last night, they went up against West Virginia, who was a 11th team in the nation. And he went down with a scary injury, and it looked really bad. I think a lot of people thought he tore his Achilles. I was very unsure. I never want to guess injuries. I just don't know. Because in my opinion, the fall looked like he just slipped and fell. Should have been able to get right back up. No injury. But he was in clear pain. Couldn't put weight on that foot. He came back, I think with about 15 minutes left in the second half, he finally checked in. And I know he checked out towards the end of the game. But he played for a long time. And it wasn't his scoring. It wasn't like he was doing 
anything in the ball game that was really, really impressive like he was against Kansas. He had an amazing burst of speed and a Euro step against Kansas that plays in my head over and over because it was a beautiful play. You didn't see that as much at all last night, especially after he got hurt. But he was not a liability on defense. He was a liability on offense. He was making he was he was being a true point guard, honestly. He was facilitating the ball, getting driving, kicking, getting people open shots. He looked like he wasn't in pain. My guess was he was in a hell of a lot of pain. But the guy, he fought through the pain. He helped Gonzaga take control of that game against West Virginia, which is one tough team. The Big 12 is a tough, tough, tough conference, as we saw Baylor dominate the second half against U of I. Fighting Illini fell, of course, but that was also a good game. But Jalen Suggs, he is my player of the episode, just because that mental toughness. I liked Jalen Suggs before, but that mental toughness really took it to the next level for me. So I got to give a shout out to Jalen Suggs there. And I'm really excited to watch him dominate this season, even though I am not a Zags fan at all. But again, to my fan, to my listeners, I want to say thank you. It's always a pleasure. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Cuts to the chase, and we out.